Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is, and with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve Keen, and I'm Katie Keen, and along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are absolutely delighted to introduce you to our friend, Kevin McShan. He has impacted our lives. He inspires us. And I know that you are going to really enjoy hearing from him. He is a graduate of St. Clair College Journalism, Print, and News Media. He has an extensive history of promoting employment equality for individuals with disabilities. And most recently, he's been the job developer and the Enhanced Employer Support Facilitator for his YMCA of Windsor-Essex County. He continues the effort to promote inclusion for people with disabilities through his motivational speaking efforts. He is the host of Let's Have This Conversation, which is an excellent podcast series where he tackles all facets of the news. He has worked with his Chamber of Commerce on the um, Discoverability Network Project in the region of Windsor-Essex and has just impacted people far and wide with helping people find jobs and just get a fair shake. And in the meantime, Kevin, you have the best attitude of pretty much anybody we've met. So welcome. Kenny and Steve, I am thrilled to be here tonight and I'm thrilled uh, to engage in in conversation with the two of you. So thanks so very much for having me. Absolutely. So we are hoping that you'd be willing to share with our audience your story because your story is inspiring and it will explain what has shaped you to be this way. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you said, Katie, my name's Kevin. I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadruplegia cerebral palsy. It simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. But you know, Katie, I always say, you can either work with your circumstances or have your circumstances work for you. And, you know, I tell people, yes, I have a disability, but it doesn't define the way that I live my life. You know, for me, life is a precious gift and one to be celebrated. And each morning I wake up, I feel like it's a blessing to have another opportunity to shape and change the world in a more positive life. Yes, and you do it so well. Yeah, that's really cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are, what you do, and just kind of give us a quick rundown, and and that'll lead us into some more specific questions, I bet. Yeah, no problem. So I live my life through the saying that inclusion is the gateway to independence because I truly believe that, that everyone deserves a platform to share their story, where they come from, because I... I believe that uh, diversity of of perspective and opinion is the key to both the productivity of life and moving the needle of progress forward. A little bit about my own story. So as Katie had mentioned, I have an extensive history of advocating on behalf of people with disabilities uh, for employment because obviously I have the lived experience of having a disability myself. And, you know, I I strongly believe that when you give someone with a disability a job, it's more more than financial security. You give them a 
chance for a sense of, of belonging and the sense of community as well. So I've dedicated my adult life to, to advocating for inclusive employment and also to have authentic people from all walks of life through my uh, podcast and uh, motivational speaking efforts as well. It is so fantastic. So what motivated you to start your podcast? I actually did not ask you that, even though Steve and I have been on your podcast. Yeah, so the podcast is actually a funny story. So I had left my job at the YMCA because I was given an opportunity to return to the chair group. But the week before I was to sign my contract, my contract got suspended because of the virus. So I had some time, and I told myself that there's only so much Netflix I could watch in a day. So I started the podcast as a way to both enhance my resume, but also to have authentic conversations with a whole bunch of different people about all walks of life. Because, you know, I look at life as a melting pot of experiences and any way that I can engage in conversation to bring us closer to an inclusive society. That's what I'm all about. So that's how the podcast started, because I was out of a job, so I needed something to do. (laughs) That was a really good choice. (laughs) We are glad you did. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us more. You mentioned that you have had to go through the battles of finding employment, and I have always viewed you as very resilient. So would you share a little bit about that experience? What led you to want to help other people find jobs? Yeah, sure. So I graduated college in 2010, and I didn't get my first paying job until 2016. So I had a lived experience of filing and advocating, and before I got the job working on a project called We Are Able, which was intended to highlight the positive benefits of hiring people with disabilities. I spent four years as a volunteer television reporter. I also hosted a pilot program called No Limit, which was intended to educate the masses about the positive benefits of hiring people with disabilities. But this is a passion project for me because, you know, giving people with disabilities a job, you also provide them with uh, a sense of uh, identity and stability. You know, I'm friends with the executive director of of an organization in Orlando called Employee U, and I have done some uh, webinars with him about hiring people with disabilities. And one of the things he says is that when you give someone with a disability a job, it signals a root of stability. So I always look at giving someone a job when you have a disability as a root of uh, stabilizing their life. And that's sort of my uh, mission and calling in life is to help people have as stable of a root of stability as they Absolutely. That's really cool. So let's go a little further back into your own personal story, because you told us beforehand how you have a twin brother and how you might have started in, in similar respects, but then there was a divergence where, where he started to get better, if you will, to use that word loosely, he overcame cerebral palsy, but you did not. First of all, that's fascinating. I didn't know that that could even happen, but 
what happened throughout the course of, of both of your lives in, in your, your own personal growth and development, your relationships, any, anything like that that you're willing to share? Yeah, so three months premature. We were both born with the same condition. My brother grew out of his cerebral palsy at four months. It still affects things like handwriting and the use of his hands. But otherwise, he's married now and lives a full a lot life. He's actually studying for his doctorate in sports psychology. So at the end of the year, we get to call him Dr. Keith, and it tells me that's the only thing no answer to, but in all seriousness, new life is an opportunity to lay bricks of change for other people. And you know, you know, I I celebrate my disability in the sense that it gives me a sense perspective on the world that other people just don't have. Right. So when you do that, you have a chance to look at the world from a different prism. And you know, Keith and I are, are very close. We we have. Most of the same interest we like sports and, and that sort of, a, sort of a thing. So Keith played both high school and elementary sports, and obviously I didn't. And one of the things that, one of the reasons I originally wanted to become a sports reporter was because if I couldn't play sports, I could cover them. I always liked to talk, and I've always been told that I've never had a shortage of words. So Keith and I really have sort of a, a safe space in our room relationship to really encourage the two of us to maximize our fullest potential. You know, I, I, I look at life and I always say that everyone's portrait of success is different. And one of the turning points of my life happened my second to last year of elementary. It was 1998 and I was coming back from London, Ontario and, and Times Valley Children's Hospital. And, you know, that's where all of my leg operations were performed. And the physician that uh, performed all of them, his name was Dr. Tim Carey, and then put my parents and I in a conference room and he said that there wasn't anything medically uh, left for the doctors to do. My hamstrings were going to get as straight as they were going to get, and that I would probably have to uh, spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. So when I heard that, I went back to, so I went to uh, a school called Selfwood Public School. And at the time, the principal, Carol Crookling, was one of uh, my mentors when I was in elementary school. And she called me into her office the week I got back from London, and she had all of the people that were assigned to my a file, the social workers, the therapists in her office, including my parents, and I had went through uh, what she had already known of, of the fact that I had CP and I would have to spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. And she said to me, the only limitations on your life are the artificial ones you place on yourself. And that, that sort of uh, springboarded who I was and how I sort of view life in a positive perspective. So I owe my middle school principal a lot for shaping the way I look at life and how I look at people as well. Wow. What an insightful woman. What an amazing opportunity that she took the chance to do that and encourage you that way and show you such truth. <laughs> Kevin, that's fantastic. Yeah, I owe her a lot. That's for sure. What a blessing. And to see that you really do carry that forward. You do. Yeah, you know, I, 
I always think that we're all given a platform to make a difference, and it's incumbent upon all of us to sort of point the compass in the direction that we feel that we're making the most difference. You know, that's why celebrating the diversity of life is so important, because we're all given a, a different set of skill sets to sort of the world. And then, you know, if we conform to the way that other people want us to be, then we're depriving ourselves and the rest of the world of the great individual talents and traits that make us who they are. So one of who we are. So one of the things that I always try to do when I talk to people is tell them to maximize their own potential and write the a course of their own story, because if you're a change maker in your own life, then uh, the difference you'll make in other people's life will multiply. Absolutely. So, because you've been, you've been dealing with this for years, right? I mean, the entirety of your life. And my guess is that it probably got harder and harder as, as you got those sort of diagnoses that said, well, it's probably going to be a wheelchair from now on, or Maybe there was difficulties from that long time of span from when you graduated college until you were able to find that first job. So how do you stay so very positive in your outlook? And, you know, how do you deal with the difficulties that you must experience? Because I bet you there's a lot of people who would like to know that perspective. You know, Steve, I appreciate the question. And, you know, we all only have one life to live. And we can set the course of, you know, every morning I say we can set the course of our day the way that we want to set the course as long as we're committed to the process. And, you know, setting the course of the day for positivity is a choice. And, and it's a choice that I've made because, you know, the alternative of, of always looking to what you can do is no fun, you know. I always look at what we can do and the stuff that we can't do. We just modify until we get to the place where we, we can perfect the craft of what we need to perfect. So, you know, looking at life through a positive lens is a choice. And it's a choice that we all have to make if we want to come to a better center of unity. So, you know, one of the reasons I also started the podcast is because when I was young, I, I suffered a lot with social isolation. And, you know, I look at the podcast as, as an extension of my social life. I get to interview uh, people like you and Katie all over the world. I've interviewed people as far away as Thailand and Australia and China. So, you know, I've conducted over the course of my journalism career now over 500 interviews. And, you know, each individual person has such a unique presence and a story to tell. So when I look at celebrating life, you know, I, I look at celebrating the gift and the precious a commodity that it is because we only have one chance to make a positive first impression. You know, one of the questions I ask all of my podcasting guests at the end is how do you want your personal or professional legacy to be defined? Because I think it's, it's a good way to be introspective and to, to hold yourself accountable to making sure that you're always 
have contributed to the greater good for a better tomorrow. So looking at life through a positive lens is a choice that I've made because it's a lot easier to be positive and uplifting than to look at your detractors and the stuff that you can't do. That's really cool, man. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that. You know, it is a choice and it looks like, correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's the kind of choice that you have to make every day, especially, let's say, in these last two years <laughs> where things have been so much harder for everyone globally, right? Is it a daily decision? Oh, I think so. I, I, I think that you know, we all set the, the chart for the course that we're going on a, on a daily. I think we're all given a chance to be a difference maker and, you know, be a change maker of the greatest good. And I, I think when we make a conscious choice to be impactful, then the rewards that we get personally will multiply because you're also impacting the futures of other people. So when you do that, you're also making sure that you're uh, setting your own individual legacy of excellence. So, yeah, I think it's a conscious choice, and it's one that we have to consciously make sure, again, that we're moving the needle of progress forward. I am so excited for everybody who's listening to let what you've shared sink in because with the rates of anxiety and depression that exist, especially how it skyrocketed in the last two years, for people to hear you say, you know, with the all the challenges that you've been faced with, hey, choose it, choose it every day, choose joy, look for it, find it and pick your path. I, I really believe you're going to encourage so many people. Well, I, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, life is so infinitely short. And, you know, when we look at life and our impact, we can look certainly at the rhetoric of, of what, what's going on in the world, or we can look at the, the challenges of the day and how to make them a less cumbersome by coming together and forming what I call the two-handed circle. You know, we come into a circle of unity, and that, again, is a, is a choice. Because if we're in a circle of unity, that means we're all striving or rowing in, in the same boat. And, and if we have a unified front, change the world or make the world a better place, it, it, it's a lot easier uh, to get behind uh, the cause of being positive if we're all uh, striving for the same. So that's part of the philosophy I, I look, look to at life. Because, you know, I, I'm much more interested in having a conversation about how we can be unified that we can certainly have disagreement. I think disagreement and discourse and some, some capacities make us better people. But if we can understand the fact that we may have differences, but we have the same goal and we're going through the same process to try and accomplish the same thing. I think uh, diversity of perspective and ideas. Yes, I agree. When people are arguing and fighting all the time, it really does not bring people to any real positive outcome. <laughs> We've seen a lot of that lately, haven't we? 
Well, yeah, but again, it's it choice that we make. We can either decide to get up on the right side of the bed and try to make a positive imprint on the world. You know, one of the questions I ask my podcasting guests is if you were gone tomorrow and your life was made into a movie, what's the plot line you would want people to focus on? And how do you want the imprint of your uh, difference you've made in the world to be remembered if it was etched in sand? And, you know, I, I try to get people to think about the, uh, the impact of their words and how they're landing, because I think words are powerful, but actions are also uh, super interestingly terrific, because, you know, I think if we are actively trying to get to a place of positive action, it bridges both the divide of division and brings us closer to unity. I wonder, just curious, do you find that people with disabilities or special needs have a tendency to, to be very frustrated with their life, their condition, questioning, you know, why did this happen to me? And, you know, do you find that they generally have a negative outlook? Or do you think the people can look past that? Have you found, it just in your own experience and the people that, that, you're, that you're in community with, is the outlook more positive or, or more negative? Well, I'll tell you, for me, certainly through the course of my life, it's been sort of a roller coaster of ebb and flows of emotion. You know, where we all react to things different. And certainly having a disability, there are just things that you're not going to be able to do as efficiently as you're a non-disabled counterpart. So I think that there is a level of frustration. Certainly I went through it because, I did, you know, if you think you're qualified to do something and shunned out of societal life, you guys know that, having children with a disability. But I do think, having said that, I think people with disabilities are some of the most resilient that you'll ever have a chance to meet. You know, one of the things that, so I, I, I work with a lot of uh, people that uh, deal with inclusive employment and finding people with disabilities jobs. And, you know, one of the things that we always say is if you want a competitive advantage when you are looking to win over your competition, hire someone with a disability because they'll bring a different perspective to your business you might not have even thought of because of your your built-in biases. And, you know, one of the things that I stressed to employers when I worked in the field was the importance of uh, being invested in the process and educating yourselves on the benefits of hiring people with disabilities. You know, we did a study at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce when I worked there, and it found that if you hire someone with a disability, they're 72% more likely to stay at the job because they want to prove they can do the work. Their job performance is 90% or better than their non-disabled counterparts. So there is certainly an advantage to embracing, embracing diversity more often. 
So there is certainly an advantage, but there is there is a stigma. Certainly, I went through getting over that, and, and there are still some days where, you know, I apply for jobs and I don't get them, and, and you know, you have to just keep going, you know. One of the things my parents tell me is that there's no 50% off policy when you have a disability. It's not like you can return it to a department store when you have a disability. So it's all about perspective and looking at life uh, through a positive lens. Because I think when you do that, uh, the amount of positive will outweigh the negative thoughts that you may have. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what, man? You're you're the third person to have told us that about the employment. Mm-hmm. And so we, we totally understand the, the difficulty in, in getting a job just because on paper, qualifications are one thing. But then when a person and a potential employer sees a person with disability, they normally have a negative reaction. And it's much, much harder to get past that. So we've heard that several times. But yeah, let's, let's not talk about that for just a second, because it just rang a bell with me that your parents were probably awesome. And especially having a twin brother who started off his life with the same disability, but but spontaneously improved and grew out of it. But there you were, the two of you, same age, in the same household. What was it like for your parents? Do you think your parents put things in front of both of you the same way? Meaning, did they like take it easy on you? Did they have the same expectations and the same sort of demand for for you with how you were going to do in school or how clean you were going to keep your room, all that kind of stuff? What do you think? Well, well, I'll tell you. Keith and I shared a bedroom for almost thirty two and a half years. Um, so, but we had the you know my parents always had what we call in my house the highest standard of excellence. My, my, my parents always looked at me and said, you may not be able to do it as aesthetically pleasing as your brother, but as long as the job is done, find your to victory. And, you know, I, I've been trying to pave my own path to victory uh, through all of my life. But, uh, you know, we live by the stand, standard that there are no excuses to, to the pursuit of excellence around. And, you know, it's all about pursuing your own version of excellence because everybody will look at life differently, and that's the beauty of life. But to answer your question, we have a high standard of excellence here, and, and certainly my parents never wanted to develop my own sense of identity. That's wonderful. And you know what? We hear that quite a lot, too, especially from the adults with disabilities that we've spoken to, where they said that their parents did not cut them the first bit of slack just because, you know, they had a disability and they were grateful for it. Would you would you say that you're you're grateful for for that? I I would assume so. Emotional, physical and uh, the psychological and mental character that you will need to succeed in life. You know, my, my, my parents have always told me, our job is to give you the most authentic experience in life that we can, because once uh, you're working on, you're going to have to continue on and make your own sort of portion of the world excellent or 
as uh, superior as you make it because, you know, whatever you're passionate about. You know, my parents have always told me to find my passion and purpose because once you then your chances of making a difference in the world are much greater because you're no longer looking at it as a burden or, or a uh, hindrance. You're looking at, at it as a chance to sort of change the narrative and change the discussion for the greater good. No doubt. Well said. And so for all the parents out there or for other adults, I hope that you really heard what he said about how much he was blessed by given by being given an authentic experience. So we would encourage other parents and adults who are who are friends or family members with folks with different abilities to lovingly provide that authentic experience to to those that that are in your family or in your circle of friends. Kevin, you are no doubt making a positive impact. I mean, when Katie told me that we were going to have you on the podcast, I was like Hot dog. I love talking to Kevin. So uh, no doubt you're making a positive impact. So what's next for you now? What what's what's your plan? What you're working on? What are you going to be doing in the upcoming year? Yeah. So one of the big goals that I have is to turn my podcast into a national talk show. So we're working on that and, and putting together proposals to make it a national talk show. I also once COVID is over, I want to continue traveling to make uh, difference as a motivational speaker, and certainly I, I want to continue to lay the foundation for a better tomorrow through authentic conversations and trying to make the biggest difference that I can with. No doubt that you're doing that already, and yeah. so and we can't wait to hear that <laughs> you're nationally syndicated. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you two tickets for the audience. How about that? <laughs> when it's safe to travel, man, we'd we'd be more than happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'd be cool. Okay, so we're getting towards the end of our time here, but we don't want to miss the opportunity to ask you the question we like to ask of all of our guests, and and that is, could you provide anything, one thing, either from your personal or from from your professional life, that would be a success secret, something that you could share with others that would be a motivation to them, a blessing to them, something that they could quickly and easily incorporate into their life or the life of their family for success. Yeah, the one thing that came to mind when you told me I was going to be asked this question is find whatever it is that is the authentic fabric that is woven within the personality of your child or children with a disability. Because once you find what they're, they're ingrained with in terms of the fabric, the fabric of who they are as a person, then the passion that they'll have to execute their vision of life will come to the forefront. So my, my parting message would be always be in, in constant communication towards excellence, no matter the level of disability or the level of challenges that your child or children might face, if you're always in in constant motion of the conversation towards excellence, then the fabric of who who your children will become will inevitably allow their their passion and purpose to 
to come to the forefront. Well said. Beautiful. Yep. So, Kevin, I know people are going to want to follow you. So can you tell everybody how they can find you on social media or anywhere that you'd like to be found? Yes. Uh, yeah, sure. So you can just go to kevinmitchan.com and all of my social media channels are there. Or you can follow the podcast on YouTube. Let's have this conversation. Just my name after let's have this conversation and you can find all of my stuff. That's easy. Awesome. Yes. Sounds good. And so for anybody who's listening, please go check out Kevin's YouTube, find his podcast, follow him. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, encourage them. And if you would be willing to give us a good rating and subscribe, we would love that too. All right, Kevin, thank you so much. It was a delight to engage in conversation with the two of you. And, you know, we've become close friends throughout this process. So it's been a delight to spend a couple of minutes with you to share my story and hopefully also provide a sense of passion and purpose to your audience. So thank you very much for having me tonight. It's most appreciated. Certainly our pleasure. Great to talk with you again. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast, we would be honored if you would share it. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download head over to podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.